God bless everyone. Pastor Nate Ramsey here with you once again from a village perspective where we're fulfilling kingdom assignments at the highest level. I am so blessed and so thankful to once again have an opportunity to share what the Lord is saying to us and through us uh, for the sake of the kingdom of God. Let's get right into the word and we've been talking about being all in. In the previous podcast, that's the subject that we had really given ourselves to and we want to pick up where we left off uh, from part one of uh, being all in. Now, one of the things I wanted to share is simply this, that uh, we know in a previous podcast that we gave you, we were talking about the heart of God. We were talking about the heart of God. We were sharing some insight in reference to that. We really hope that that was a blessing to you. And as we continue to talk about being all in, I think it would be robbery if we did not try to segue what we have already shared with you about the heart of God when it comes down to our hearts and the importance of being all in from that perspective. Now, now that we've searched our heart from the previous podcast and believe to some capacity that we feel like we really know him or on the road to truly getting to know him, because that's key. Being in a place where we are seeing that our hearts and our minds and our lives are being examined by God through the relationship that we have with him. And we are examining his word and getting to know him in a greater capacity is extremely important to the life that we live. And if we feel right now that we are really getting to know him or on that road, then as disciples of Christ and citizens of the kingdom, we must ask ourselves this important question. Are we all in? I don't know when the last time you asked yourself that question or if you've ever asked yourself that question, but that is a matter of the heart. It is most definitely an important matter. Uh, When we come to Christ, it is so valuable to know that we are not just new creatures. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So in knowing that we are new creatures, we must understand that there's a newness about how we operate in our lives. There's a newness about our perspectives on the word of God and the kingdom of God and what God is saying and doing in and through our lives and even the lives of others. So. It is important for us to be able to uh, evaluate ourselves and take an analysis and come to a conclusion, hopefully in that process, that yes, we are all in. And I think today's podcast will address that issue and how we should view it and the proper perspective that we should have. So we want to be able to try to share that with you as we go forward. Now, there is a passage in the scripture that I'm very passionate about uh, in the book of St. John, uh, 17th chapter. And I want to just read this passage for you. And uh, it's actually where Jesus is praying to the Father. And he's saying some very 
key and valuable things. And I'll start at verse one. It says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. Now, this is, I believe, a very intimate prayer. I believe that the son is speaking to the father and he is talking about some things that in his heart at this point in time in his life and in his task and his assignments on the earth are coming to a place where they're ending. And now the son is reaching out to the father for a finalization of some things that are going on. And he says, as you have given him authority, and Jesus talking about himself in the third person, he says, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So Jesus is very specific here. He's talking about the authority that the Father has given him and and how he has handled that authority uh, and his ability through their acceptance of him to give them eternal life. Once we accept Christ as our Savior and we stand upon the word of God and we move forward, then we have the right to eternal life. That's the word of God. And what a joyous, joyous thing to understand and know when we have simply surrendered our life to Christ, knowing that in that exchange, now you and I have eternal life. And that's not just eternal existence. And we're going to talk a little about that, but it's eternal life, Zoe, the God kind of life. And this is eternal life. This is what Jesus is saying, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Once again, Jesus is talking about himself in the third person. So here is his description of eternal life, not just eternal existence, but that they may know you, have an intimate relationship with you, that they may be able to experience the Zoe of a God kind of life that you've purposed and planned for them. Isn't that an awesome thing to know that when we come to Christ, now we are the benefactors of a life that is so radically different than we have had in the past, and that we now have the right to not only live that life, but share that life with others through the sharing of the gospel, through the godly uh, actions that we allow ourselves to do on a day-to-day basis, and how we sharing the life of the Word of God, and all the anointings and the power that God has given us to be able to share. That is such an awesome way and mindset to have understanding eternal life. So verse four, he says, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus is sharing. He's saying in his prayer, he said that I'm all in. Not only have I been all in, but I have accomplished the task that you sent me to do. He said, and now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And this is, wow, this is just such an awesome word that is going back. And he's saying, now that I have accomplished what you sent me to do, now 
place me back in that place that I had from the beginning, that place of glory along with you, such that in the end, all will know that you have not only called me for this task, but this task has been fulfilled and the glory that we have shared together now once again is being manifested. So such a such a powerful prayer in the midst of it all. But to me, it definitely describes uh, Jesus uh, letting the Father know that he has accomplished the work that he's called him to do. And now he's looking to move forward beyond uh, his assignment here within the earth, knowing all the time that this doesn't mean that he is not continually with us and not moving with us and not uh, still doing the things that we need for him to do on our behalf. But the work is finished. And of course, Jesus is saying, I, I know it's a done deal. And I, I know that the work itself is finish uh, because I have accomplished what you have sent me to do. And in the midst of knowing that, you and I have to know that Jesus was speaking from a perspective that he wasn't afraid to go to the cross. He hadn't gone to the cross and he knew that that was going to be his final task to be able to do that. But this intimate word with the Father was so, so powerful in my sight that you can see the intimacy there. You can see the relationship there. And he is now ready to move forward to accomplish as he has accomplished all that he has called him to do. So we must remember that as much as we are dealing with current day trials, uh, the love of the Father is still being shown towards us in these perilous times. And I think Jesus demonstrated that uh, in the midst of his prayer, because it shows the faithfulness of the Father. He knew that once he accomplished what the Father had sent him here to do, then that the Father would restore him back to his original place uh, in heaven in eternity. Uh, so he is continually assuring us, the Father is continually assuring us that his eyes are on every situation and circumstance transpiring in the earth. Now, I say that because Jesus let him know, even in the midst of, I've done what you call me to do. Of course, that simply says, Lord, you know, Father, you know, you've seen it all. You've seen it transpire as I have walked here in this earth, in the flesh. So you and I can take from that, that he is continually, the Father is continually assuring us that his eyes are on every situation and circumstance transpiring in the earth. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 and 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. So he's not missing a thing. God don't miss a thing. He doesn't miss a thing at any time, any place, anywhere. Doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, he knows exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen uh, before we are even involved in it. 
Why? Because he's omniscient, has all knowledge, uh, and he's everywhere at all times. So not only does he know about the past and he knows about the present, but he's already experienced the future. Hallelujah, somebody. And he knows what is transpiring in our lives. So his eyes are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. And he's also reminding us that he is soon to return. He's soon to come. Matthew 24 and 36, if I believe, uh, says that. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my father only. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, no one knows that day or that hour when he will return, but my father, not even the angels in heaven. They're not even privy to it. My God, the scripture clearly says the, the angels just they, they, they are baffled by the fact of how God, you know, loves man and his creation of man. And they're trying to, the scripture said, they try to look into why he, you know, treats man the way that he does, why he loves man so much as he does. And they can't even understand it, but that's the way that God has established it. That's the way he has set it up. Man is special to God in his sight. His creative work is special. Special, and he does not let us forget in the scripture how much he loves us and how special we are to him. So we should never forget that. We should never let anyone or the enemy, uh, don't let Satan, don't let anyone make you feel or think that we are not special in the sight of God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Never forget that. And we must also remember that he has given us authority to accomplish his will in the earth until he comes to get us. Now, Jesus had the power to do what God wanted him to do. He is God manifest in the flesh. But it was clear from his acts, his actions, that he had power. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So we know that he had the power. So if he gave power to Jesus to accomplish his work, should he not give us power as well? Ah, hmm. Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. And I love that assurance. I love the faith of Christ constantly being there with us as we take on everyday challenges, as we take on challenges for long periods of time. Sometimes things don't come and go the way that we want them to go, but he never leaves us nor forsake us. So I'm saying this unto you today, as we are talking about being all in, you've got to know that God has equipped us. Let somebody know that God equips us to do what he has called us to do. He would not put us in a place and ask us or call upon us or appoint and anoint us to do a work if he hadn't equipped us to do so also. So we must continue to understand that he's equipping us. The importance of having confidence in this word is what makes the difference between our success and our failures when it comes to the kingdom. It is so valuable for you and I to understand and know that God is with us and that we have been empowered to do the work that he's calling us to do. If we are not empowered, then there's no way for us to do it. 
We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. You must know that. You must stand upon that. We must understand that God is expressing to us by the power of the Holy Ghost in and through our lives that I have confidence in you. That's why I've called you. That's why I've anointed you. That's why I've given you the wisdom and the understanding that you have need of. So in the midst of all of this, know that you're well able to do it. And you can make an assurance within yourself and tell others that you are fully committed to God and to the work that he has called you to do. So having confidence in that word allows us to be able to do that. Now, let me share this with you. Uh, Because only the father knows the time of the return of the son, we must live in a state of preparedness in this earth realm. And I say that because it is so, so valuable for us to understand. This is not a time to be getting ready, but we must stay ready. I I said it once before and I'll say it again. In my spirit, man, and also in the life that I live, I try to live on the edge of my seat, being sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, being sensitive to his direction in my life, even with the challenges that come forth. We all have them. Sometimes we get, let's just be Let me just be honest. Let me give full disclosure here. Yes, like anyone else, I get thrown off. Uh, I get distracted uh, by some things that may take place. But the key is, is not to stay in that place, not to stay distracted, not to stay off track, but to regroup, glory to God, to regroup and then move back into that place with a greater determination of doing what God has called you to do. That's what God is looking for. Someone who has the mindset to be, give the effort that will glorify him in the midst of it. None of us are beyond shortcomings. None of us are beyond even some failure at some point in time. But when you get up from the failure and move forward, or if you get up from the failure and move forward, that's the key to your success. Not willing and wanting to stay in a situation of defeat, but knowing that you've been empowered to do great and mighty works for the kingdom of God. Now. Let me go to another passage of scripture here that uh, speaks to position and place where we are and um, perspective that we must have when we're talking about the kingdom. And that text comes from the book of Luke, ninth chapter, verses 57 through 62. And I want to read that. And uh, Luke is talking about here uh, the cost of discipleship. He says, now it happened, verse 57, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So Jesus responded to that, to that statement in a very powerful and a strong manner. He said, hey, I hear what you're saying, but foxes even have holes and the birds of the air, they have nests, but the son of man? He has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go. Let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. 
but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. In other words, Lord, let me just go say bye to my mom and my daddy. Let me let me just let my family know that I'm going to be all right and, and I'm moving on and whatnot. But Jesus said even to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, let me give some clarity in the midst of these statements that they were making. When you read those statements, you have to know Jewish history and whatnot. Uh, they were not just talking about, you know, a 30-minute conversation when they went back and did these things. These were long, drawn-out situations when it comes down to being a part of a funeral or actually going back home and uh, in the midst of all things, making all the proper preparations to depart and to follow Christ. So the text is speaking about the cost that are associated with discipleship and what Jesus was letting them know, the call has been placed upon you. Now it's up to you to move forward on the call immediately at the time such that, watch this, your commitment to this call of discipleship is not questioned. That your commitment is one where you understand that this is an immediate call. This is something that is of a now mindset, not wanting to delay for weeks or months at a time, but understanding and knowing that the Father has called me through the Son and that in the midst of that call, I have to step up and move forward to the destiny that he's called me to. Now, to be a disciple of Christ requires that you first have the proper perspective, that the proper point of view. If you don't have the proper point of view, then that's going to cause some distractions for you. That's going to cause some confusion for you. Remember, your perspective determines your potential. If you have the proper perspective, then it will determine your potential, what you're able to accomplish, how you're able to accomplish it, and maybe even in some situations, you know, in what period of time you can do so. So having the proper perspective will keep you on track and keep you aligned with the Word of God when you understand the importance of the call of God and the importance of discipleship in your life. Don't take discipleship lightly. God bless you. I love you so very much. But this is a matter that you and I should always view as being of the utmost importance, being disciplined in the teachings of Christ and in the call of God upon your lives and the gifts and the anointings that come along with this call. These things are very valuable to us and important to us as well. Now, the question becomes, do you trust in the things of the world that may provide some physical and emotional security? Because when you're talking about delaying for most people, that's the reason. They're trying to uh, determine, you know, is it going to be worth it? You know, uh, is is this what I really want in my life? Because, of course, the world will present all types of uh, points of view to you that will challenge a sacrificial call. And I want to say that word because it needs to be said, a sacrificial, a call as a disciple of Christ. So the question becomes, do you trust in the things that the world will be able to provide for you? Or are you willing to put your total trust and confidence in him?
his word, and his ability to divinely lead, care for, and provide for you. So when I say that, I'm talking, okay, do you trust the world or do you trust an almighty God, uh, the one who created heaven and earth? To me, that's no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Got to trust God, but not everyone sees it in that manner because they're not looking from a spiritual perspective. So I encourage you, those of you that are hearing me today, always keep your heart and your mind geared towards a spiritual perspective. Now, the text also speaks about Jesus not being interested really in a person that wants to delay his divine assignment. In verses 59 through 62, this is pretty clear. But those who have a mindset to prioritize the kingdom above everything else. It is key that we understand prioritizing the kingdom as a plus, not a negative. It is a plus. Understanding and knowing that the kingdom is so key and so important is clearly a proper perspective. In our lives, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And understanding those godly values, those divine values uh, and perspectives knows, lets us know that the kingdom agenda is the most important agenda in the world. It is the most important agenda in the world. In verse 62, Jesus made it clear. That taking on this assignment meant not having any desire to look back. He said in verse 62, But Jesus said unto him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Just to give you a, a natural example, in plowing, you can't plow a straight furrow if you keep looking behind you. So, in essence, what he's saying. There's no second guessing allowed. Stay the course. Keep looking ahead. Allow the Spirit of God to move in your life to a capacity where you are totally committed. You're all in to make sure that you're able to accomplish what the Lord God Almighty has called you to do, the destiny and the vision over your life is a done deal. But we must be fully committed and all in in the process to allow him to live that life in and through us. God bless you.